Randall Hank Williams, the man who most famously asked, are you ready for some football? Also made a statement that defined a generation. Everybody knows that we're hog. Everybody knows that we're hog wild. Hey, you! Stop destroying my corn stalks! It's Hogzilla! Welcome to another juicy, mouth-watering, ham-filled episode of Cracking Cryptids and Curios. It's your two favorite pigs in a blanket, once again here, to explore this wildly weird world around us. This is Matt, joined by famed pig aficionado, Angel. And today we're going to be uh, going deep into the thicket in search of his plumpiness himself, the Hogzilla. Now, Professor... Before I try to hogtie this creature, I want to jump into some strange stories that have popped up. Are you ready? Because I have run out of pig <laughs> puns, and I hope you are. <laughs> strange away. Commence the strangeness. <laughs> so the first article that I found, I thought this one was pretty interesting. It is on the website unexplainedmysteries.com, and this one was specifically in their paleontology section titled Prehistoric Hell Ant Found Trapped in Amber. So the... Hell ant definitely caught my attention on this side of it. But it goes on to say, An ancient species of ant has been found frozen in time while right in the middle of devouring another insect. Amber, which is essentially fossilized tree resin, is a material that can preserve a specimen so incredibly well that it is possible to see even the tiniest of details. I know what amber is. Well, the article doesn't think I do. So Come on, everyone's <laughs> seen Jurassic Park. I don't know. That's the first thing I picture is the <laughs> Hammond's uh, staff. Yep. Or walking stick, whatever it is. <laughs> so it provides paleontologists with a unique opportunity to learn more about some of the prehistoric world's smallest residents. This latest example, which contains a species of ant that lived 99 million years ago, is particularly unusual as a creature has actually been seen in the process of devouring another insect. It goes on to say, fossilized behavior is exceedingly rare. Predation especially so, said Philip Barden of the New Jersey Institute of Technology. As paleontologists, we speculate about the function of ancient adaptions using available evidence, but to see an extinct predator caught in the act of capturing its prey is invaluable. Named Ceratomrix ellenbergi, otherwise known as the hell ant, this vicious prehistoric critter had special mouth parts with a unique lower <laughs> mandible capable of pinning its prey. It goes on to quote Barden saying, since this is the first hell ant was unearthed about a hundred years ago, it's been a mystery as to why these extinct animals are so distinct from the ants we have today. This fossil reveals the mechanism behind what we may call an evolutionary experiment. And although we see numerous such experiments in the fossil record, we often do not have a clear picture of the evolutionary pathway that led them. The picture that goes with it, it just looks like this monstrous ant devouring maybe a smaller ant or insect, a fly maybe. First thing that popped into my mind when I saw this was Jurassic Park sucking that <laughs> damn thing's blood out and cloning it, mixing it with uh, with frogs. I mean, I, I think that's been imprinted on anyone my generation on their brains. The amber immediately think of Jurassic Park. As soon as 
you mentioned it, all I thought was, oh, we're going to clone some ants. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's sort of like any time in, in the news when this sort of stuff pops up, woolly mammoths or dinosaurs. Like I think one of the other big things that came out this week or maybe last week was at the time of this recording was that it's been discovered that dinosaurs also had cancer. So a lot of like things coming up as far as DNA and and physical evidence of that side of it, which ultimately always goes down the path and and every single, you know, discussion of it is Jurassic Park. (laughs) And I guess Michael Crichton ruined all of cloning for the rest of time. (laughs) Or he advanced it. (laughs) Yes. Um, made very strict guidelines of how not to proceed. <laughs> Don't make a park and invite people. Don't use uh, frog DNA. Always bearing no expense, but it was clear that he, he could have financed he it a little He says bit spared no expense, and he had three <laughs> programmers on that damn island. Three! What is... I mean, I can't even... What is that? And then, um, I can't think of the, the character's name, but the, the guy from Seinfeld, <laughs> he... Uh, even like complaining he's, he's not getting, getting paid, paid enough, enough. And yeah. which i guess ultimately m- makes him do what he did but <laughs> S- spoiler alert for jurassic park <laughs> i mean he, it's pretty it's, i think in the beginning we kind of find out he's a bad guy so not really that yeah. big of a spoiler and and the iconic uh 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 <laughs> made like moving screensavers cool back in 1996 <laughs> yeah other news article this time around is Zombie cicadas infected with mind-controlling fungus emerge. So, insect-infested news articles this week. I won't read the entire article. It's, it's rather long, but it just goes on to say that, coming from Nashville, Tennessee, zombie cicadas may sound like something from a bad science fiction movie, but a parasitic fungus is infecting periodical cicadas. The infection looks gruesome, with large portions of the cicada's abdomen replaced with fungal spores. However, the cicadas continue on as usual, seemingly not noticing that a part of their body is missing. So the article goes on to say that uh, basically that these this fungus is producing really equated to drugs for the cicada to keep it pumping and keep it going. It specifically says that in one species, they are producing psilocybin, which is the magic mushroom compounds. And in the periodical cicadas, it's producing amphetamines. What? I know, right? <laughs> and then the article even goes on to say like how much they're producing and specifically not to eat the cicadas to try to get high <laughs> off the amphetamines. And if you were to do that, you would have to eat a lot of cicadas that were infected with it. I mean, better get started. It, it goes on to say specifically since it is Tennessee related that Middle Tennessee will see two large broods of cicadas re-emerging in 2021 and 2024. And yes, a few of them will be zombified. But right now, the fungus mass spora is unlikely to have a dramatic impact on the cicada population. So at least 2020 isn't having quite yet the cicada zombification. Now, I'm, I'm a bit confused. Was this article saying that this was a new discovery that cicadas are getting zombified by these funguses? No, it's. I guess it, it, they specifically also go on to say that um, they've known about this for some time, but it's re-emerging again. Right. And they don't quite understand the, I guess, the relationship between it just yet. Oh. So there's more studying going into it. But of course, it's always going to go down to, well, what if it were to infect humans? Could we have a zombie apocalypse? <laughs> right. Sort of just like Jurassic Park. It always goes with <laughs> zom- zombie apocalypse. Yeah, I mean, this is reminiscent in the past to there's this fungus that 
or it's a bacteria. I don't remember what it was, but it affects cats. That causes them... It, it, it infects mice that causes them to put themselves in the line of danger, like in front of a cat, so that the cat could eat it. And then the cat, then, um, I guess it reproduces in the cat, and then when it's, uh, it um, poops, it'll mm-hmm. spread that way. That's one. And I think it makes cats act weird. I forget what it's called. It's like toxic plasmosis, something like that. There's another fungus that affects caterpillars, and it kind of does the same thing with the cicadas. But we actually harvest this fungus, and we uh, sell it as supplements. It's supposed to give us vigor and energy. So I don't know, <laughs> like an aphrodisiac, <laughs> or well, not that level. <laughs> they, don't, they don't. They don't go that far, but they do say like, "Oh, I see. I see my go-, like the. I guess it happens in the east." And the, and the goat farmers are like, I see my goats eating these caterpillars infected with these funguses, and they start uh, mating more. Mm. So yeah. it's like that. Um, I can't remember what the the product is, but there's commercials on it all the time from uh, spokesman's Frank Thomas, baseball player from the '90s, and his testosterone levels have been lower. And then he like takes a supplement, and then all the all the ladies are all about Frank Thomas again. <laughs> and that's I guess hey, you gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah, but yeah, as far as I'm concerned, I don't think. Listen up, kiddos. Anyone listening to this, if you find an infected cicada, go ahead and eat it. <laughs> just see what happens. Just experiment. You know, uninfected <laughs> cicadas, just eat them. Just eat every insect you find on the ground. Well, you know, I um, the thing about the... The reason why I said I was confused earlier is because I had watched a YouTube video a while back about some guy saying, hey, the cicadas are coming out. Let's find some. And then he'll point out, oh, this one's got a fungus infection. You don't want those. And he'll throw it. And then he'll get the ones that don't have an infection. He's like, these you can you eat. Don't, you don't want those. <laughs> I was going to say, what the hell do you want a cicada for? Yeah, because the, these people will eat them. They're like, here, just eat them like that. It's fun. It's a great pastime. It's like the, the novelty, like chocolate-covered grasshoppers and stuff like that. Pretty much. I think there's a, a, a sizable business on, say, like online and on Amazon of dried insects to purchase and eat. I've had uh, I've had dry uh, mealworms in the past. What's that taste like? It tastes like nothing. I think they were flavored, like uh, Mexican seasoning. Oh, like... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, they just crumble in your mouth. I had a I had a scorpion in a lollipop once, and that one actually tasted pretty good. Tasted better than the mealworms, at least. What was the flavor of the lollipop? Do you remember? It was like blue, <laughs> blue flavor. <laughs> My favorite flavor, blue. <laughs> blue. <laughs> so that, and then, like after you lick it out, do you eat the scorpion? Yeah. Was it crunchy? I've never had an insect like that, so it, I don't know. Yeah, it was it was crunchy, but a lot of people, you know, they don't like the taste. I think it tastes interesting. It doesn't have a. It's a distinct enough flavor that you, makes you say, "Yeah, that's got to be scorpion," because I don't know what tastes like that. But yeah, it's, it's not, not it's, the. It's not a bad taste. It's not the go-to. Oh, it tastes like chicken. Right. Well, you know what? There is one thing that I know tastes very, very good. What's that? I'm. I think Hogzilla probably. It's making my mouth water right now. All right. Let's dig in. Dig in. Dig in. Get the <laughs> get the fork and knives out. We're going in. But before we jump into applying the now world famous Cotton Eye Joe's razor, I just wanted to state that Hogzilla so far has been my favorite entity to research. The amount of comments I have seen on message boards, YouTube videos, comments on the bottoms of news articles, you know, those those just vile comments that are usually on like local news channel <laughs> articles yeah. and things like that. <clears throat> the amount of times that I've seen, oh, I've seen Hogzilla, my wife calls it mom, or 
I've seen a 900 pound pig that eats everything in sight. My kids call it mom. That's just been wild. And apparently Hogzilla just brings out the jokers in everybody. Oh, great. So then the main question becomes, what exactly is Hogzilla besides the punchline for unhappily married men? In the past, I'd say 15 years or so, Hogzilla has transitioned into a term that can be applied to monstrously sized feral or wild pigs. What we really know now as mega pigs that have been seen all around the world. Typically anywhere from 800 to 1200 pounds, seven feet long or more, and usually with tusks over or close to two feet in size. And this one was an interesting one to explore as Hogzilla really is our first creature that we could classify on the Curio side rather than the true cryptid. Maybe this is what will take down Skunk Ape finally. It's it, it's not maybe on the same playing field. He's coming. He's the dark horse. Yeah, maybe. One of the first things that popped into my mind as I was looking at this was the classic line in Ghostbusters where Janine, the ever-trying secretary for the Ghostbusters, finally gets that phone call and she like slams it down and she just yells out, we got one, and then hits the <laughs> alarm and then scares the hell out of all the Ghostbusters and then they like fall over trying to put their pants on. So, Professor, we got one. Yes. We have dead hogzillas. We finally have something with proof of it actually existing. How does that make you feel deep down inside? Well, I can tell you surface level, not deep down. Deep down is a secret. But yeah. I, I, I am Listeners have to listen a long time to be able to get those deep down secrets out of you, right? <laughs> yes. Uh, I have mixed feelings because, yes, finally, we have one. Then, at the same time, it's like, ah, uh, how can you be so dumb and get caught? Like, what is wrong with you? But maybe... I thought you were going to say, like, oh, but this is what we get this time. This is the thing that gets caught. <laughs> no. <laughs> I was, I was not expecting some already uh, souring on Hogzilla. Not but... at all. Hogzilla is a magnificent creature, and I will talk about that later. Mm-hmm. He's a, He is the love of my life, and he must be protected. <laughs> I, I think how maybe your rubric of power might go. Just a guess. Oh, man. It's an upset. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Is this going to be what brings Skunk Ape down? We'll find I, out. I, I think I did refer you as famed pig aficionado, so maybe it's a little <laughs> bias. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> no bias here. I came into this with the idea that this was going to be the worst one. It's going to take Mothman out of the bottom, but I might be wrong. Yeah. One other thing I, I guess I wanted to, to ask you before we started was sort of, we've done this with a few other ones. What was, before our research began, your overall opinion of, of um of Hogzilla or like your your knowledge of Hogzilla? I had no idea that this was a thing. I mean, I, I remember hearing in the news about a giant pig getting killed, but I didn't I didn't know this was a thing that people saw. Af- um, they, 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 I didn't know this was a thing that was talked about as a common theme of giant pigs or giant boars or whatever. So yeah, I, I had no no knowledge. Yeah, I think my thoughts are the same. It's sort of this, just remember news articles or things on TV about this giant pig being shot and then like it lived its 15 minutes and then went away. And then every once in a while, a new one gets killed and it's bigger than the previous one. And so it's got to be better. And then it gets its 15 minutes. So that was sort of my idea of Hogzilla. So let's see exactly how he falls into line against uh, the others with the rubric of power. But before we get there, we will now investigate and apply the often imitated but never duplicated Cotton Eye Joe Razor. So where did this Hogzilla come from and where did he go? So the original Hogzilla name comes from a mega pig that was killed by Chris Griffin 
of Alapaha, Georgia, on a fish farm and hunting reserve in 2004. It was first reported to have been 12 feet long and weighed over 1,000 pounds. From that point on, there seemed to be pretty much a big boom in mega pig sightings and slayings. For our purposes in this uh, conversation, we are applying the name Hogzilla to all mega pigs, not just the original one killed in Georgia. How would a seemingly wild pig get to be this large? There seems to be a singular theory surrounding the origins of these mega pigs, and over the years, at least from my research into this, it seems to have gone from theory more sliding into fact mm. of escaped domestics that later go on to breed with wild pigs. To give, I guess, an idea of, of how we got here into 2020 and the, I guess, the journey of the pig, I think is helpful in this explanation of this theory. This is something I, I learned, I did not know this, that domestic pigs were introduced in the 1500s to America by none other than the original target of cancel culture, that curmudgeon Christopher Columbus. <laughs> and I guess rightfully so, being the target of cancel culture. Investigate if you don't know much about Christopher Columbus. He's not the, the great guy that you learned about in third grade. So yep. we'll leave that for another day. He intentionally released domestic swine in the West Indies on his second voyage, so future expeditions would have food to hunt when they returned back to that area. It's also suggested that Juan Ponce de Leon introduced the first pigs into mainland Florida in 1521. So you may remember de Leon from middle school history and his legendary search for the Fountain of Youth, and maybe that will come into play a little bit later. We don't know. But uh, I think the other entity sort of fighting with historians about introducing domestic pigs into America was Hernando de Soto. Uh, just a few years later, I think it was like 1523, supposedly was when he brought some pigs over to, to the Americas. So arguments in the academic world of who ruined America with pigs, I guess it breaks down to the horrible 1500s. So <laughs> as of 2020, there are an estimated 75 million domesticated pigs in the US. So the idea of this theory being that every once in a while, out of those 75 million domesticated pigs, some of them get loose, end up joining a pack of feral pigs, and then end up breeding. Or these newly feral pigs are the ones that are actually being killed and then dubbed these mega pigs. So the, it's just believed that they were feral or wild pigs, but it, it was just a recently escaped domestic pig. On the other side of this coin, then being that the pictures themselves of these mega pigs and reports are elaborate hoaxes. These are all hunters that have, of course, gone to the Peter Jackson School of Filming <laughs> to learn their best forced perspective angles. So just like Elijah Wood sitting a few feet back from Ian McKellen in a wagon to appear like a much smaller hobbit, uh, these hunters are further away from the hog. Or any, any Leaning Tower of Pisa picture you have ever seen, the forced perspective lean into the, to the tower to keep it being held up, that sort of stuff just the idea of it being photo manipulation by angles and one thing that i guess to keep in mind in 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 the search of this look at all the pictures online just search in mega pig or hogzilla in google and almost i would say 98 percent of the pictures the hunter is always sitting behind the pig or is next to it but you cannot tell the exact angle if he's truly next to the pig or standing behind it so that then another idea is that these are domesticated pigs being represented as ferals to trick people specifically. Some domesticated 
uh, pigs have topped the scale at well over 1,300 pounds, so they have already the, the mass there to, to represent these huge wild pigs. And then just to give you an idea of overall, the largest domesticated pig ever was a pig by the name of Big Bill, because why wouldn't he be named Big Bill, who was over, get this, 2,500 pounds, nine feet long, and at the shoulder was five feet tall. Five this feet tall? This pig was like, like a car-sized pig. Jesus. Did you discover any other special theories or have your own that you wanted to talk about <clears throat> at this time for Hogzilla? Well... I'm glad you went over the the factual ground uh, reality based um, materials. Are you gonna go rogue here <laughs> with your theory? <laughs> no, no, no rogues. Just uh, facts, still fact based. I would like to mention first of all. I wanna I wanna bring up why. What is the point of trying to make the pig that you caught the already big pig that you caught? What is the point of trying to make it look even bigger by standing further away? That I don't understand. What's the point? The oh, it's five hundred pounds, but no, let's make it look like he's eight hundred pounds instead. Yeah. yeah. So that I mean, a five hundred pound wild pig—that's already amazing. Yeah. And is a trophy. I would think I don't hunt, but I would imagine a trophy kill. <laughs> and so why lie about it and make it eight hundred? <laughs> exactly. I don't know. I'm gonna go over some of the 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 these pigs. Unless you were gonna do that. No. Okay. Drop the truth right now. <laughs> All and right. Then so I will edit on the fly of my own opinions later on if I happen to have <laughs> had them. <laughs> so the first, I'm I'm, gonna, I'm trying to go in order of the size, but I might miss one, so it doesn't matter. Oh, yep. The, the okay. first one that I have listed here is was caught on video in Hong Kong. They they, they were calling it Pigzilla. And the the other name I I saw was Hong Kong Hogzilla. Hong Kong, yeah, Hong Kong. I've seen, yeah. I've seen King Kong, <laughs> King Kong Hog. <laughs> so that one, King Kong Hog. Now yeah. I have seen attributed to another pig. <laughs> there's, so yeah, there's so many different ones. <laughs> but yeah, this one, Pigzilla, was found uh, going through some trash, and this one was supposed to have been 450 pounds. So it, and yeah, well, I just want to jump in here quick because I thought the video was really neat because it shows him digging through the the trash, a huge pig, but then he has like his other minion smaller pigs around him, yeah. presumably digging into the food to get the food out for them so that they could eat. So a true champion <laughs> of Hong Kong pigs, yeah. that guy. So yeah, there's that one. I think that's it's still kind of a baby though. It's still kind of small. Then we have. Nathan Wright yeah, and he's, he's not quite mega. Yeah. Then we have Nathan Wright and Colton Roberts of of Dallas, Texas, who um killed their mega pig with a knife. Damn. Hand-to-hand melee combat <laughs> yeah. with a mega pig? <laughs> yep. Um they apparently they killed uh three of them and one of them was 400 400- <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like like they were being rushed by three mega pigs and just came out bloody and battered. <laughs> well, they were also using hunting dogs. So I don't know if they helped. <laughs> mm. But but the, the biggest one was 460 pounds. Okay. Um, big boys. Big boys. Yeah. And then we have the eponymous Hogzilla that was um, uh, in Georgia back in 2004. Now, it was supposed to have been 12 feet long and weighed over 1,000 pounds. And it was originally thought to be a hoax. Then... Yeah. 
Yeah, I remember that specifically. Like when it came out, I yeah. remember that. Yeah. So like no one believed any any of it was true. Right. I remember that one too. And then it was in a, a year later, 2005. Scientists um, confirmed that it actually weighed 800 pounds, not the full thousand. Yeah. So like, yeah. come on, guys, come on. <laughs> and I think it was specifically National Geographic, like had built this whole documentary around like the unearthing of yeah. Hogzilla because he had buried it for whatever reason. Yeah. And it was not as big as 12 feet long. It was about six to eight feet long. It's like these like darn fishing stories. Like that <laughs> fish is just a little bit bigger than what they said. <laughs> yep. Um, and then we have, and then in Florida, and this was after this one, actually. The, the first one, the Georgia one happened in, in June. Then in August of that same year, a Florida hog hunter killed a 1,140-pound wild hog. And that one was the one that was, well, at least the article writer wrote it as Hog Kong. But I'm not entirely sure if that's the same one. <laughs> I, I just like the names related to these. Like, there's there's only, like, so many variations that they, they dive into. It's never, like, like Big. the Kraken of Hogs or anything like yeah. that. It's always, like, King Kong or Godzilla. Yeah. Um, there was one pig in Texas that was about 790 pounds. But that one wasn't killed. That was just uh, living. So that's a living one, and it's actually being it. being fed, like I guess as a pet. Oh, they're growing it bigger <laughs> to then kill it and then claim, "Oh, I caught this yeah fifteen hundred pound wild pig." And then in Russia, this was the one that was called King Kong Hog. They they got one that was a thousand one hundred seventy nine pounds. So I mean, they, yep. they, yeah, yeah, I think that was in uh, two thousand nineteen, so just last year. Yeah, so that you know, it's like they keep trying to one up each other. Mm-hmm. And there's another one, but it's it's all around the same, you know, thousand pound yeah. pigs. Yep, there's a another one that uh, I was going to mention later, but I can mention it now. Is in 2007, one that was just dubbed Monster Pig was killed by an 11 year old boy with a pistol, and Jesus. it was said to claim to have been over. The dad claimed that it was over 1,000 pounds, but just like Hogzilla. It was sort of like uh, disproven just a little bit that it wasn't really a wild pig. It was a domesticated pig that was then brought to a like pig reserve, like a hunting and fishing reserve. And then like four days after it got there, this kid killed it because uh, <laughs> it was in it was in hunting ground. So it was just a, a fair thing to kill. But it yeah. wasn't it wasn't a wild pig. It was just a, a domesticated one that got brought there to be to be set free. So other ones that I saw was uh, in relation to NFL fans out there. Uh, we mentioned it with Hank Williams Jr. in the beginning of the show. That's NFL running back in 2017. Mark Ingram killed a 600-pound hogger in Tennessee. So celebrities getting in on the on the field here to kill these wild pigs. Uh, I think he specifically released the photos on his Instagram, and people were just going nuts for it. Did you have anything else that you wanted to add in here for the initial so where, theories of, of where he came where from? Where he came from. Just, so, yeah. I will give you, I will start from reading a quote from the Bible. No. <laughs> the, the Christian Holy Bible. I almost spit out my beard. <laughs> I was not expecting the Bible to be brought into a discussion oh, yes. about Hogzilla. Oh, yes. You want to hear the theory, so I'm, I'm going to bring it out. Okay. And this is Genesis chapter 6, verse 4. The Nephilim, or in other translations, the giants, were on the earth in those days and also afterward, when the sons of the gods went to the daughters 
of humans and had children by them. They were the heroes of old, men of renown. So why, why do I uh, read this quote to you? Because the idea is that the Nephilim, or the giants that were talked about in the Bible, were actually supposed to have been uh, hybrids of man and gods. And so people like Gilgamesh were considered Nephilim. <laughs> How about his best friend Enkidu? <laughs> That's right. And um, all these uh, heroes and tales of these heroes, we can easily uh, make them believe that, oh, these were also Nephilim. You know, these people that do these great feats of stories that in our day, modern day and age, we would only dream of. You know, we have Beowulf doing crazy things. We have Odysseus and all these other... Yeah, Hercules with his Herculean tasks. That's right. Um, so the idea is that they were also, because they were imbued with the strength of and the powers of gods, they were also tended to be maybe larger than than regular humans physically. And they also had, you know, more strength. My... I propose the theory that these hogzillas, these monster pigs, have are of a similar lineage. That they were the product of a pig on earth and a pig deity. Wow. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I'm going there. Now. Just so that I can, uh, I'm not going to go over all the deities, but I'm going to list them just so that our listeners, our curiosities, will <laughs> will know that there are pig deities or pig-like deities. There's a boar-faced goddess who protects uh, Nepalese temples, uh, no, okay. known as Varahi. Um, it can refer to four sow deities, so there's apparently four types. I have, I'm not going to go into it, but I found this on a website, so I can give you guys a link later. And there's, I have another link that also mentions more on boars, pigs, and myth. There, yeah, we can add those in at the, uh, on the, the Podbean main <laughs> website for our show. There's also the, in Hawaiian mythology, there's Kamapua'a, or hog child, and that is a hogman fertility superhuman associated with Lano, the god of agriculture. That's straight out of Wikipedia, so I don't know how accurate it is. But the key, the clue word here is fertility, right? So we have, there's these different uh, ideas that there's these deities. And then I said, well, what if, what, what else, are there any other instances of giant pigs and maybe, you know, we're talking about the, the Spaniards bringing them over to the United States. Yep, yep. But. Well, you know that means they came from Europe. Wonder if there's any stories of pigs in Europe. Maybe even you know in the past, maybe ancient Greece or Greek mythology. Of course, of course, there's giant pigs in Greek mythology. There's the Chromionian sow, which was a huge pig. It was the daughter of the monsters Typhon and Echidna, and according to some sources, it gave birth to another monster, the Caledonian boar. The Caledonian boar uh, was described in Ovid's Metamorphoses as having its eyes glowed with bloodshot fire. Its neck was stiff with bristles and the hairs on its hide bristled stiffly like spear shafts. Hot foam flecked the broad shoulders from its horse grunting. Its tusks were the size of an Indian elephant's. And more, 
The best part. Lightning came from its mouth and the leaves were scorched by its breath. My God. So I just want to interject here quick. I'm having like flashbacks to the movie Black Dynamite. Uh, I won't spoil it if you've never seen Black Dynamite. But when they're discussing the big mystery of the of the movie and they're like bouncing off this like Greek mythology and relating it to all these different terms. Yep. Is there going to be like some huge reveal here that's going to blow my mind? No huge reveal. Oh, okay. <laughs> just, just uh, I'm trying to. So forget I hyped that up. Just, just trying to guide you to the idea that these pig deities somehow uh, produced offspring that are now god, it's a demigod or half-god creatures that live here and they can grow to be giants. <laughs> That's pretty much the idea. <laughs> we have the Aramanthian boar, which was, as you mentioned earlier, one of uh, Hercules's, uh, Hercules's mm-hmm. 12 labors, and he was supposed to bring it back alive. Um, there is an idea that the boar represents man's untamed nature and yang chi and hercules was taking control of this and transformed this energy this raw undefined energy into something usable i got that from a book called the little book of hercules by bill Beaudry. if anyone wants to take a look at that <laughs> it's uh it's, it's quite a thing it goes on and talks about all the 12 labors of hercules and and talks about how they relate to cultivating your chi interesting i've never seen that sort of uh i guess tie-in for hercules and and his sort of chi focusing yep and not only that but uh an ancient greek settlement in the Campania campania region of present-day italy known as kume they uh say that the boar the aramanthian boar's tusks are preserved in the sanctuary of apollo of course there's there's no uh there's no uh way to prove that I know what we gotta do. We gotta <laughs> just like, uh, do you remember what was it now? Like last summer, the the raiding Area Fifty One, uh, like <laughs> yeah. Facebook thing. Yeah, gotta do a Facebook raid the Apollo <laughs> Temple to release yes, the boar tusks. Release the boar tusks. Yeah, the people want it. Damn it! <laughs> and continuing on, there's the Chrysaur, which was a, the son of the Gorgon Medusa. Um was usually described as a giant, but at times may have been envisaged as a winged boar. So now we're going... to going into flying pigs now? Flying My pigs! God. That's right! There's also the Clazomenean sow, which is also a giant pig with wings. So these... My God. <laughs> the Mediterranean loves their pig demigods. <laughs> yeah. So, and then... <laughs> then we have Irish mythology that has... They have this... um. In, in the Irish myth- mythology, the, the boar, the wild boar, came to be associated with ferocity, courage, and the warrior. Perhaps this is because it defended itself so fiercely when hunted. Um, they also had this instrument called the carnix, which is uh, kind of a some wind instrument that has the a boar's head um, carved oh, yep. Yep. into it. Um, there's um, this... King of the boars, known as Torktrioth, an otherworldly creature who belonged to the goddess Brigid. Um, they, it, the article says that it could be a cognate of the boar of Welsh legend, Torktroith, the son of Tarid Wiledig, a prince of Wales who had been cursed and transformed into a wild boar. 
Dang, what a horrible curse. <laughs> I'm a prince. I've been cursed. Now I'm a boar. Well, I mean, there are the, the, in the, I guess in the, um, Odysseus Odyssey, you know, he, his men got turned into pigs when they went to the island mm-hmm. of Lesbos, I think it was. Yep, I think so. Um, there's Marcus, a Celtic god, who is the boar of, the boar god of the continental Celtic tribe of Lingones. I mean, there's, all these, oh my gosh. yeah. There's a lot of deities that are hog-like or pig-like, and I couldn't really find any information about them mating with humans. But I mean, we have things like I'm, I'm thankful for that. <laughs> we have things like the Minotaur. So if a bull and a human, uh, yeah. mate, you know, so I'm pretty sure the idea is that yeah, centaurs, the old horse people. Yeah. So the idea is that these monster pigs, these hogzillas, have some uh, kind of deity blood in them. Which is why they can grow to be so big. Why they can see they they're they're quite intelligent creatures. I think. Yeah, and I'm sure we'll be going that into that <laughs> during our rubric specifically cunning and intelligence. It's gonna be a breakthrough for this thing. And you know, it's always cool that you can. There's one known for breathing lightning. I know. It's like the uh, MDW Mongolian deathworm. <laughs> That's right, shooting out the lightning. But my gosh, just shows how revered the boar is throughout human history. Yeah. Never would have thought. Yep, yep. That's- well, I, I think, uh, I guess just a little bit off topic to, to my understanding, that like the pig is one of the like, very first domesticated animals. Probably right there is like just its sheer history with mankind has given it just such reverence that it is important to people. Yeah. Overall, just like weird american obsession with bacon and like bacon flavored everything so i mean it's out there it definitely is but yeah that that concludes my theory (laughs) that pigs uh monster pigs have descended from pig-like deities was not expecting that but thank you for sharing (laughs) so then with our theories out there we can go into where did he go so Hogzillas, of course, are still out there plotting and waiting specifically to cause millions of dollars in damages to property. So across 35 states, the wild boar population is estimated to be over 6 million. So it's interesting to me as well that it seems to share a lot of the same territory as our champion skunk ape, mainly from Texas to the East Coast and, uh, of course, Florida. An interesting observation. Then I wanted to throw in Uh, Some fuzzy math out there as well. It's going to tie into a a little bit later. So let's say that these mega pigs, these hogzillas, they represent 0.5% of the entire wild pig population. I think that's a pretty conservative estimate, less than 1%. So that would present us a possible 30,000 mega pigs out there, just based on the estimated population. So we have an idea of where these hogzillas came from and... Uh, that they are still very much a threat today to farmers and uh, just suburb expansion, things like that we'll go into a little bit later. Let's put Hogzilla through the meat grinder, known as the rubric of power, and see what comes out. Is Hogzilla going to be the, once again, dark horse and show up skunk ape, (laughs) or just another failed challenger? So our go-to thing in the rubric of power, the overall powers of Hogzilla... I'm interested to see where you are sitting on this, Angel. <laughs> well, with all that I have revealed, 
I believe that the Hogzilla's powers cannot be quantified. For example, one Hogzilla may have a different power than another Hogzilla. So I yeah. so I have combined all of the known ones. For example, having wings, breathing lightning, uh, having godlike strength, probably. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So the ability to like be a foe for Hercules. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't mention them, but uh, the the other pig, the other Greek pigs that I mentioned, the Caledonian and some other ones. All um, uh, it took like supposedly it took several heroes. It took supposedly several heroes to take it down. Uh, one of them was uh, downed by Theseus. The other one was just a few other people had to, like, bring it down. So all of these uh, boars were, like, very strong, very big. Right? I gave it a three. My God. <laughs> a three? Is, uh, that's one lower than Skunk Ape. That's and right. he has the power to, let us remind our listeners, to uh, <laughs> erase your memory, to teleport, to basically, like, freeze you in place. Ooh. I was not expecting a three or Hogzilla in powers. I can't, I can't, I can't offend the gods. Most certainly not. You don't want to be struck down by lightning <laughs> from a boar's head. Exactly. So, I took it at a completely different route in my application of the rubric of power, because I guess a lot of my, I mean, I didn't look at mythology at all. So, the main thing in his powers, to me, is just the innate ability to get dummy thick. This pig <laughs> is just a big boy. So they just top the scales, huge weights. I even recall um, one of the stories about uh, one of these mega pigs was that the re they claimed that the reason that they um, couldn't measure it correctly after they got corrected by like scientists later on was that their scale maxed out. So then they just guessed the rest of the weight. They are just huge in in other abilities of just wild pigs in general. So they have strong enough bites to break bones and can smell odors five to seven miles away. Never knew that. And as much so, they can smell things 25 feet underground. With that, larger feral hogs eat an estimated 3% of their body weight a day. So if we're bringing back some more fuzzy math here, so 3% of just, let's say, Hogzilla mega pig of 1,000 pounds, that's 30 pounds that they have to eat every single day just to maintain their size. Wild pigs in general can run up to 30 miles per hour. So imagine one of these Hogzillas trying to protect its children or something like that, charging at you, having to defend yourself with a knife like those two hunters <laughs> you mentioned. They have overall just the power of property damage. So bear with me here. <laughs> Estimates of feral pig, wild pig property damages top at $1.5 billion annually. Oof. It is a huge problem. And it's not something that really gets talked about at all. So if we take our 0.5% mega pigs from earlier and apply it, hogzillas would represent out of that $7.5 million in damages. And then wow. beyond just its property damage powers. We have just its size, again, uh, relates it to that very few predators can actually take down the mega pig. And 
I'll go into a little bit later in, in the cunning intelligence, it's very hard to capture wild pigs too. I think I would, I would dare say that he's like the lion of the American thicket. He is just hard to take down and is just sort of on his own level. With all that being said, I still rank Togzilla as a one of needing work. <laughs> Those are just basic pig powers. Basic. He can just grow bigger. <laughs> That's understandable. I knew I, I, I knew I expected these these scores. <laughs> <laughs> so But I have seen about, the lights. <laughs> uh-huh. Yes, you are uh, all praise Hogzilla. <laughs> How about then our second category, detectability? Where were you? for Hogzilla's detectability. So, we have captured these things on film. Clear pictures. We have these things on uh, video. Clear. We have these things getting actually captured, killed, hunted, and being kept alive and fed. That being said, I gave it off the charts five. No, I'm just kidding. That's <laughs> that's absurd. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> It's that over. is absurd. No, because of these things, the fact that they have, you know, they have this god blood in them, but you know, through the throughout the descendants, you know, the, the it gets diluted, right? Yeah, it gets weaker, and it yep. gets weaker, becoming more mortal. So, you know, they're more like us you, down to you, earth. So you're saying he's a semi-immortal <laughs> creature, a <the> semi- <laughs> Semi immortal, yeah. <laughs> so they they're more down to earth. Yeah, sure, they can grow to be really big. But you know, we had men that did that too. It says so in the Bible. <laughs> so, and 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 though they're written about in the Bible too, so it's not like they're considered cryptids either, right? They're not considered yeah. hidden. So I gave this the Hogzilla in the technically <laughs> a negative one. Oh my God! You went negative. I went negative. Oh my gosh! I, I was, I was. It would have been a zero, but then I said, "But they let themselves get killed. That becomes the negative one." Yeah, I mean, this is a whole nother for the where our show has been so far. A whole nother level of of evidence, you know, of them being killed, and then I guess on top of that, also being lied about of how much bigger they actually are than what they truly are so it makes it even worse that yeah. <laughs> once people investigate it more they're not as big as as really what they're initially claimed to be yeah my god a negative one i mean i didn't think i'd see the day just like i never thought i'd give a four uh to mdw in the last episode yeah we enter into the negative territories in episode four. Even in the Greek myths, they're getting captured and killed. I mean, come no, on. Man, hard life for the mega pig. <laughs> so the way I looked at it, just from the the sheer number of wild hogs out there, either not able to make it to Hogzilla size or just aren't that great at hiding, they are getting killed. The other idea was that that's that uh, National Geographic documentary of when, when they exhumed Hogzilla in 2005. The DNA analysis of that pig did confirm that it was of hybrid origins, not the hybrid origins of your theory, however, <laughs> of it being a offspring of a wild boar and domestic pig. That's yet to be determined. <laughs> it was a cover-up by <laughs> National Geographic. <laughs> Besides that, so in configuring a weight, the number is usually closer to 200 to 300 pounds less than what the... Uh, 
Slayer of the Pig claims. I don't know, for being such a huge animal, even if it is lower than, than what people say they are when they get killed, then it's still doing a good job at hunting. And if my fuzzy math of, you know, 30,000 of these things being out there based on just the percentage of the amount of wild pigs out there, I gave him a two of adequate of, yes, it's getting killed, but it's also, I would think compared to say like a skunk ape population, a hell of a lot more, maybe 30,000 more uh, <laughs> hogzillas than there would be of skunk ape. Interesting. Our next uh, category in our rubric of power, of course, lore and mystique. Where were you on this following your negative one? Well, I mean... Hopefully not a negative two, which destroys his powers and brings it down to my level. Negative five. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually went all the way the other way around again because I've already expounded on, on my theories. Yes. Which yeah. uh, uh, led me to realize that the pig is... And boars and sows and swines in general are very much revered in a lot of uh, cultures. Mm-hmm. So there's... I'm, I'm sure I barely scratched the surface in, in finding out the lore behind any of it. I, I gave it a four automatically. <sighs> oh, my God. Actually, I put a this plus is... after the four. <laughs> four plus. <A> four plus. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is not what the rubric of power was meant to do, Angel. You are <laughs> bastardizing its abilities. With these these scores for the Hogzilla, my God! Realize the power of the Hogzilla. I know it's 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 breaking the the framework of the. It's like a constitutional crisis we're having right now with the rubric of power that you're presenting today. So as far as the Lauren Mystique on my side, I I was really just looking at the really the confirmed kills of Mega Pigs throughout the years. Everything that we talked about earlier, so I won't go over all those dead thousand pound pigs again but i guess the other thing that i really tried looking for was like stories of not like the your side of it that you're looking at like the mythological or legendary side of it but like news articles of like wild pigs in europe being killed that are this size like prior to hogzilla's original 2004 death date and i really couldn't find anything that predates hogzilla of like these huge hogs being like trophy kills and then get people getting their pictures with them and stuff so i just thought that was really interesting that it was extremely difficult to find anything prior to 2004 for uh, mega pigs being killed and like their pictures appearing online or anything like that so i'm sure out there somewhere they've been killed but i don't know just a weird i don't know disconnect in the representation of mega pigs throughout history of uh, confirmed kills of them yeah our next section which i'm i think i'm most interested in this as far as where we're going to score for the cunning and intelligence because in my research that i looked into that texas a&m university specifically says that wild pigs are one of the most intelligent species found in the united states today so i'm interested to see where you're sitting on your horrible horrible <laughs> codification of the rubric of power this time around well it might please you to know <laughs> that i am aware of their intelligence and it's only compounded by the fact that they do have deity blood in them the, their whole purpose 
See, the, the theory goes deeper because they are the offspring of pig deity gods. Pig, oh, I just said the same thing. Pig deities. <laughs> and the Nephilim are the offspring of humans and gods. So they are throughout history always battling each other. That's why in the Greek mythologies, the ones that are taking down those boars are also demigods and, and heroes. I believe it's a battle between the Nephilim and the wild boars. And I think the modern day stories of these of, uh, in the news that we see people taking down these big oh monstrous creatures, <laughs> I think they are of Nephilim lineage. And, <laughs> and I think a lesser man or woman would not have been able to handle any of those monster pigs. I need I need a moment to <laughs> process this. Not only that, but they are always plotting. They we say the Spaniards brought them over, but how do we know the pigs didn't convince the Spaniards to bring them <laughs> to the New World? They were the the J Michaels of 1500. <laughs> they they uh, forced their domesticated humans to bring them to we, America. We talk about the damage. More land. We talk about the damage they did here, but the thing is, they they did that same damage in Europe. They talk about how these pigs are they they breed very quickly they reproduce yeah. fast they they will do and they can have like six to eight babies at once yeah they do crop damage just as bad as they do here um again back to the greek myth one of the boars was said to be unleashed by one of the gods to to destroy some fertile land somewhere so i think these monster pigs they're plotting to just take over I think they're responsible for the dwindling population of the skunk ape. Because <laughs> we got them. I, I did outline that uh, in their uh, territory overlaps. Yeah, we got territory them here overlaps. in Florida. We got wild hogs here. They got them in Texas. I'm pretty sure they're, you know, they're all over the world. And they're, and they're, um, they're, they're you know, they're like a sleeper agent because nobody really suspects these things. My God, it's like, <laughs> it's like the story of good versus evil of yep the pig versus mankind <laughs> what's uh what's even more fascinating is that there's a an american geneticist dr eugene mccarthy who has expounded the idea that perhaps humans evolved after a female chimpanzee mated with a pig now i don't know if i believe this but he makes some compelling arguments saying that um, humans have certain features that chimpanzees don't have, and those features can be found amongst pigs. Can you say that again? <laughs> that he says that humans have features that certain features that cannot be found in chimps, but they can be found in pigs and no other animal. So he says, well, that means the chimp and the pig had to have gotten together at some point, had a baby. <laughs> the babies then continue to reproduce amongst the chimp population. It explains. I, I don't even have words. <laughs> it explains the hairlessness. Um, I don't know what else it explains. Oh, the protruding noses. <laughs> That's this is what the article is saying. Um, I mean. And this is a bona fide <laughs> geneticist. A I mean, as far as I can tell. 
And, um, I mean, it just furthers my idea that they're trying to take over and, and now they're trying to, I think the, the pigs are trying to enlist the humans to fight against this, the Nephilim. <laughs> so I gave, I gave for cunning and intelligence, I gave these guys a three. You know why I didn't give them a four? <laughs> Why? Because I figured it all out. Semi-immortal? <laughs> oh, oh, you figured it all out. Yes. <laughs> they weren't you expecting broke the that. Code. They weren't <laughs> expecting this. I I I warn you, do not leave your apartment after this airing. Oh, I gotta lay because low. Because <laughs> there is going to be a boar, a herd of boars, maybe thirty to forty, that are gonna rush to the door and you have a target on your back. Oh believe me, I'm I'm prepping. I'm getting all my ammo ready. It's, it's hog, oh. it's hog hunting season. Side side note on this because I I specifically saw a story of it was after a um, unfortunately after a mass shooting and the the topic that always comes up is gun control after a mass shooting and on Twitter a a guy was was tweeting out that about a, a, a assault gun ban and he was against it specifically because. He needed assault weaponry to kill wild pigs in his area. So he related a story that's like his children are outside in the backyard playing and 30 to 40 wild boar rush the yard and he needs a assault rifle to be able to take them all down in time to protect his family. So. Makes sense. I, I know. <laughs> that's just. My God, these wild boars are just horrible creatures. <laughs> <laughs> and now they're demigods that are yep. <laughs> in a struggle from the beginning of time against mankind age, it is, age old struggle my god <laughs> so to counteract that <laughs> on my side <laughs> of the rubric of power these are extremely intelligent creatures and it is easy for them to learn how to avoid danger and really any half-hearted attempts to control the population really just makes it uh, like less susceptible to work in the future for controlling efforts. The way that I sort of apply it or liken it to is if you ever watched Star Trek The Next Generation starring at Jonathan Frakes, the spokesman of the supernatural, that there is a enemy in that show called the Borg and they are a like hybrid of man and machine. The idea being when they like the Enterprise has issues attacking them because they always can alter like their defenses. If you use one thing on them, they become like resistant to it and you have to change your tactics. Very similar to this just wild boar population in general. They get caught in a trap and they, you know, become, uh, the others become aware of it and it becomes difficult to use that same exact trap to get them again. The problem has become so bad in areas like Texas that from what I've read in different articles that the hunting of these pigs in Texas, it's almost like the wild west. Basically, you need a license, and that's it. You can just do whatever the hell you want to this population of animal. And you can hunt them from helicopters if you really wanted to. You can kill as many as you want to. There is no specific season for them. You can kill the mother and the babies if you really wanted to. It's just kill the population, kill the population, kill the population, because it is such a issue. Just indiscriminately kill them. Just based on the overall intelligence of the creature and again i am just applying it to the really the essence of the wild pig never went into the nephilim and i gave them a adequate two 
It's only one less. Uh, and that's without factoring in their godlike powers. <laughs> so then I'm very, very interested then. I, I'm almost afraid to say <laughs> your your pick of impact on popular culture because, I mean, since the beginning of time, if it's not a four at this point, I'm almost <laughs> scared for Hogzilla. <laughs> it's... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mentioned, I think for Greek mythology and everything like that, I don't think... And I I'm, think we've pressed this before, uh, we're applying to American pop yeah. culture. So, for American pop culture, specifically giant pig stuff, um, there's a few films that I found, I don't know, I'm sure I'm missing a few because it's kind of hard to find these films to begin with, especially when I announce the, the, the titles... It makes you realize you can't even tell that it's about giant pigs until mm -hmm. unless I have told you this. So we have this film from the '80s, an Australian film called Razorback. Yep, 1984. Mm -hmm. and then there's Boar, 2017. I just know these off the top of my head. I'm so <laughs> into pig movies. <laughs> there's Chaws. <laughs> That's C H. I know of it. I don't know when it came out though. C H A W Z or Z for the international folks. There's oh, <laughs> there's Okja. Now this one, this one is weird because this is a Netflix film. It's about a South Korean farmer, and she's got a pet super pig. That looks like a hippo. That looks like a hippo, and that's my my issue with it. Why the hell does it look like a hippo? I don't. And everyone, I don't just make the damn thing look like a a, a mega pig like it should be. And, damn it! And they keep referring to it. To it as a pig, and I'm like, that's that's not a pig. That's what are you guys talking about? So then I thought maybe if I look up super pig, I can <laughs> I can find out okay. a different uh, branch of monster pigs. So I found this. The super pig was the first ever all urethane flexible body pig with replaceable <laughs> parts, and today is still the industry leader. So the Super Pig is an all-MDI, polyurethane, durable, lightweight, and easy-to-use pipeline pig. <laughs> uh, so I'm just shaking my head. <laughs> so, so I came to the realization that... That you're researching the wrong thing. I'm researching, apparently, this a, a thing called pigging and pipeline and pipelining. And um, it's where you send what they call a pig into a pipe to scrape anything that's that's gunking up the sides and it just comes out the other end through a trap. They call them pig traps. And so I'm, I'm, I was thinking these terminologies, you know, anyone listening that is in that industry is probably going to get confused. So I'm calling, I'm, I'm, I'm going to clarify it now. We're not talking about pipeline and, and, and pigs that get sent to pipes. Because that is our other podcast that we do cracking <laughs> piping and coming out in, in three weeks, cracking pipes. So there's that's the film Okja. Then we have Hogzilla film. By, yes. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure there's other ones, but there's, there's also I, I want to point this out. There's this book. Well, before you do that, I just want to say about Hogzilla because I wanted to just read the IMDb description of this because it's it's very important. <laughs> so the movie is about a tabloid news crew ventures into the backwoods of Central Florida to investigate reports of an aggressive feral hog who the locals call Hogzilla. 
What they find, though, are demons, devils, <laughs> creeping things, and pure evil. So I can only imagine, say, if we had viewed this movie prior to, uh, like, uh, uh, one of the things that we like to do is view a movie to ha- get a representation of, of the creature in, in, in moving pictures. And this, this one we could not find uh, for free or anything like that or any, on any subscription service. Had to forego the movie viewing, but I can all, only imagine, based on that description, that Hogzilla is, like, powered by some sort of, like, bog hag that, like, has imbued it with some sort of demonry magical powers. So it, it could have changed everything on my side if, if we could have viewed that movie. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not opposed to retroactively changing scores in the future. <laughs> I am. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's a book. <laughs> Apparently, Mike Barron's the author, and I guess he's got a series called Florida Man. Because yeah. this one's called Florida. It's called Florida Man Two, Hogzilla. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know what the book is about. I have no intentions on reading it, but. There you have it. There's a Hogzilla. And then, I I think it's important to point this out, but those of us that play video games should be familiar with a giant pig known as Ganon or Ganondorf of the Zelda yeah, series. Yeah. So, Two times in a row, Zelda's been brought up. <laughs> 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 and, um, and this is something I found very interesting. The article list says the Eastern Band of Cherokee Indians use Hogzilla for their wood waste needs. So I was like, what? Wait, is Hogzilla like a wood chipper? <laughs> I, I clicked the link and there is a caterpillar wood chipper called the Hogzilla. So, yes, it's a tub grinder with a thousand horsepower cat c32 engine <laughs> um my god yeah so so i mean it's it's so the the, the term hogzilla has now entered the the wood chipper industry i guess <laughs> i've been waiting for this day for the hogzilla <laughs> to be represented in the wood chipper business and it's here today and finally the most important of all is i ran into a website called swine genetics international it's Yikes. it lists this pig called King Kong, and of course, <laughs> King Kong. Very unoriginal names in the pig <laughs> business. It says it, it, it describes, I guess, King Kong's physical attributes. It says uh, he he's got a litter mate named Tippin Point. <laughs> okay, it's his it complements his litter mate nicely in their Berkshire lineup. As he is slightly faster growing and is leaner and heavier muscled in his scan figures. True to his superior scan figures, King Kong has a large shapely top, thick square rump, and muscular ham. I think I know where you're going with this. King Kong is a tall fronted boar with the kind of skeletal extension that should allow his progeny to grow to heavier weights and still maintain favorable composition while doing so. So Swine Genetics International is is in the business of selling liquid and frozen semen, pig semen, for, I, I guess, uh, fertile, uh, fertilization yeah. purposes. But They're studying him out. They're studying King... Uh, what was it? King, King Kong. Kong. Yeah. Studying King Kong out. They're studying him out. But notice the terminology is that it allows his progeny to grow to heavier weights. So... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Very we can, important. We can think of... 
Yes, yeah, we're growing our pigs to be bigger for more meat or whatever, but maybe there's an underhanded side to this thing. Oh right? my god. Like, <laughs> like maybe maybe they're manufa- maybe maybe they're manufacturing the the monster pigs for their, you know, nefarious purposes. Because, you know, they are the the humans are the progeny of these demigod pigs, right? They're trying to battle out these Nephilim. So, well, how do you do it? Oh, well, we got, you know, semen from these godlike pigs that we can then spread out and make grow even bigger ones. Anyway, that's uh, that's neither here nor there. This is the pop culture <laughs> section, so I gave it a three. <laughs> Not the conspiracy section. <laughs> A three in pop culture, much higher than I thought uh, Hogzilla would get an impact on pop culture. The things that I looked at, similar to yours as far as the movie representation of attack pigs in, uh, in Hollywood or independent films. And one thing very clear that these cryptids or just curious beasts, they are always shown as these murderous beasts that must be put down. Mm-hmm. So always interesting how, how that seems to be <laughs> that they're always just killing these random folks that are just trying to live their lives. <laughs> but other things that I looked at and I really scrubbed the bottom of the barrel trying to find anything of representation <laughs> in, of Hogzilla for the way that I was looking at Battle Creek, Michigan, home of Hogzilla barbecue restaurant and catering service. So if you wanted to go knee deep in some pork, Hogzilla barbecue help you out another thing that i saw twisted oak cavern in california has the hogzilla challenge where that is to eat a half a pig's head and i believe it serves six to eight people if you want to claim that you ate a pig's head might as well take the hogzilla challenge and see if you can do it i sort of picture it like um the john candy and dan Aykroyd movie the great outdoors where uh john candy has to eat that huge steak but you can do that at Twisted Oak Cavern with a pig's head, I guess. Uh, I haven't seen that movie in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess there needs to be a viewing in the future for you. <laughs> Other things that I saw uh, related, I, I suppose, really, to your wood chipper Hogzilla. The industrial grinding company, Ooh. CW Mill Equipment, has a high-capacity grinder. And when I'm talking like high-capacity, this is like earth-grinding machinery. They have one called Hogzilla. So way out does your wood chipper and we have an a, a terraforming like <laughs> monstrosity named hogzilla yeah beyond that uh in relation to video games the game uh, online multiplayer game world of warcraft you can kill hogzilla oh. in world of warcraft i believe he is in uh, the burning step and take him down he respawns take him down again just kill him <laughs> as many times as you want <laughs> yeah really the impact on of Hogzilla to me it was he always seems like this creature that you know gets 15 minutes of fame whenever he's killed (laughs) and then he disappears for a while someone else kills a mega pig they get their picture taken with it standing 15 feet behind it to make it look bigger and then (laughs) the circle continues for the rest of of humanity so I don't know is that the Nephilim versus semi-immortal pigs I don't know I have no proof against it I suppose (laughs) however I have enough proof to limit his impact on pop culture as a one <laughs> well played <laughs> adding mine up i have a total of seven for hogzilla 
where is your total at? Like at this point, like 20 or something? I don't know. <laughs> I have a total of 12. Okay, so let's enter Hogzilla's score into our algorithm. After a long wait here, the algorithm very much stressing. I saw smoke coming out of my computer. It was such a hard one for it to calculate because of your wildly absurd score. <laughs> I have a averaging of nine and a half for Hogzilla. My God, a nine and a half. Still quite short of the 12 and a half of, of Skunk Ape. So Skunk Ape still our reigning defending champion of the cryptid world. However, this might just put, I don't recall exactly, but I, I believe it does. I think Hogzilla is better than Mothman. <laughs> I sure hope so. <laughs> and I'm of the conspiracy that this may have been a uh, a planting on your end to keep <laughs> Mothman at the bottom of the barrel for eternity. I would never sully the rubric of power in such a way. <laughs> you would never yeah, <laughs> bastardize it that way. <laughs> a about nine and a half points higher than I thought Hogzilla would get going into this episode, but hey, good for Hogzilla. A decent representation for our for our first non-cryptid entity. So in the future, a lot of um, non-cryptids have to bring up their, their A-game to see if they can master Hogzilla, and then even more so to now get to Skunk Ape to dethrone him of his crown. Any Any final words of Hogzilla? Just to uh, kind of add on to what you just said, we need to find a cryptid that will dethrone Skunk Ape because he's getting a bit cocky up there. I don't know if that's possible. <laughs> uh, at this point, my God, he's so strong <laughs> and stinky. <laughs> um, Hogzilla, I definitely came out of this with a lot of knowledge that I did not think I would find on the Hogzilla. Especially mm -hmm. the, the and maybe and maybe never wanted <laughs> <laughs> the, the 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 whole thing the nephilim thing that I've uncovered I mean it's just it's just wild I mean <laughs> the, the Greek mythology all these different cultures that that revere the pig and and the boar and this, you know all different kinds of swine and you know it's just it's just interesting to to it's kind of um, re it's reassuring to know that even, even if you're not really a cryptid, that there's still some history behind the creature, even if it's uh, mythological, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, this one is, it's to say it bluntly, a pig. So just the idea then of being able to research into the, the mythology of such an animal, very, very cool stuff. Very much like, um. Mongolian deathworm, but we were actually able to find the uh, <laughs> mythological aspect of the entity. Yes. I have nothing else to say of Hogzilla. I am tucking him in, putting him in his blanket. He is to rest, <laughs> never to show his ugly <laughs> mega pig-sized face ever again, I hope. <laughs> Very much a, I, uh, a fun a fun one to, to research. Learned a whole heck of a lot of wild pigs and very much how how much of an issue they really are to southern and southeastern United, United States, even California, having some issues. And really, I, I believe I said 35 states having issues with wild boars. So most likely in your state having <laughs> destroying property. So keep an eye out. One thing I, I did want to ask you, being a, a Florida boy, 
have you ever actually seen like a a dead boar on the side of the road like hit by a car or anything like that has that ever been anything i've never seen a dead boar um i've seen a wild hog in uh, one of the state parks i visited but it was like in the bushes and it ran away <laughs> you didn't get a good look i mean i saw it It was i saw it eating it was like oh that's... was it si- was it sizable though like, no it was like a baby 100 pounds oh okay well they uh, they have a great aversion to humans they specifically avoid people and it's why i think their numbers have been able to get so big smart smart cookies indeed we ask you our listeners to tweet out to the spokesman of the supernatural maybe get jonathan frakes's opinion on the hogzilla who knows maybe he's killed one and and has a a picture just sitting in wait to reveal of him standing a few feet behind the pig to make it look bigger i don't know i mean if he's if he has killed one that makes him nephilim (laughs) i was even gonna say one's the uh theory now that (laughs) jonathan frakes is a nephilim here to protect us from the evildoers yep the semi-immortal pigs so then with that Thank you for joining us on another episode of Cracking Cryptids and Curios. Join us next time as we visit now one of the state I currently reside in, Wisconsin. We look into the Hodag and see where exactly, where did he come from? Where did he go? And what the story is behind the Hodag. Hogzilla, we out! This has been an I am actually traveling back into time production. This is my sad song. <laughs>